Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, y'all. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I love this part of my work. I love this podcast. I love showing up here every week. It is so much fun to interview amazing guests who I feel like I learn so much from. It's fun when I have something to say that I don't necessarily have to write at first. I can just pop on and share it with you guys here. If you have been a longtime listener, if you're a new listener, we are really trying to ramp up the show. We've been going at this for three years now just because I love it so much. And now we're really trying to fold it into a smarter strategy in our business. And you could really help us out by going and leaving a review in iTunes. So if that resonates with you, if you're loving what you're hearing and you can figure out how to go into the podcast, find the rating and review section and leave a quick review, that would be greatly appreciated. I know it's not the easiest thing in the world. You can't do it while you're driving or maybe even multitasking, but I think you could do it in 10 minutes and it would mean a lot to us. That is the first thing I wanted to share with you. I am just like so on fire today, so excited. Um, It's been, I've just been in the midst of the most fun work. I've been redesigning the 2.0 version of the Flow Planner. It's so good. It's so exciting. I'm even considering what different color color to do the covers, what if we're going to have multiple colors. I'll let you guys in on how you can help me choose real soon, but that's been super exciting. And we're getting ready to open the doors to the next cohort of Flow 365, which is always exciting. We're just going to open it up to 40 women and I cannot wait to see who shows up. That's going to be happening in a couple of weeks, so stay tuned. And then the other thing I've been doing is I recorded a video series on overwhelm and how to really get out of overwhelm. And I'm so excited about that. It was a fun project. I had hired a videographer, had everything set up, had our location set up and everything went wacky on the day we were going to do it a couple weeks ago. And at the same time, my kids were trying to figure out how to earn money this summer. And I just looked at them and was like, let's do this. And so they helped me film these videos. It's really funny because when you're recording a video, you totally need to be talking to the person, you know, who's behind the camera. And usually my videographer is a dad and he can look me in the eye and I can talk to him. And this was me looking my kids in the eye, (laughs) in the eyes. And sometimes they were looking down at their book or whatever they were doing. One time they walked away and just left me talking in front of the camera. And sometimes they were looking at me attentively 
And I realized I was like talking about them. Anyway, it was really fun to do. Um, we're going to have to also make a blooper reel because there was plenty of that to happen, but stay tuned for that because that's actually going to be coming out next week. It's going to be this free video workshop series. I've made planning sheets to go with it and I'm super excited for everyone to dive into that and hoping it's something that gets widely shared. So those are like three things I've got on my mind. And the fourth thing is why I'm showing up here today to do this particular podcast. So we were on vacation last week, which, so there wasn't a podcast actually that went live last week. And it was the 4th of July as I'm, this is going live. Last week was the 4th of July. And it just got me thinking a lot about freedom. And the freedom to thrive. I think that at the beginning of motherhood, when I had three little ones under five before I had considered my food, I was definitely in survival mode and I had no idea that thriving was even a possibility. And then as I sort of started to peel back all the layers of the onion of my life and change my food and, you know, cleaned up some parenting and then it like keeps evolving and keeps changing and I keep growing and it's like a never ending lifetime journey. But I've really realized that it's in, in my court that I have the freedom to thrive. Not only is it a possibility, but it can really be a reality. So I've been thinking about this a lot. And again, I've been thinking about it a lot because I got all those emails in my inbox on the 4th of July. And I also was just during that 4th of July holiday was visiting my 101-year-old grandmother who still lives independently. Isn't that cool? So she technically still has her freedom. And I also experienced this two-week road trip, which was... I, it was kind of like when we decided we were going to go to New Orleans to visit my grandmother, I was the first one to be like, let's do a road trip because I was really remembering three years ago, all of us on the road for a year during the book tour and just remembering that fondly and wanting to have that kind of moment again. And so, but two weeks, I did take a full week of vacation, but two weeks is longer than I can like really unplug. I could unplug from writing and creating content and all that kind of stuff. But we've got this whole robust Flow 365 program going on and I really wanted to be able to coach from the road. So that felt so freeing. So I just felt like I was in this moment of feeling so free, witnessing this ultimate freedom, which was my grandmother. And then, you know, everyone around me was talking about freedom because it was the 4th of July. And it got me thinking that for a long time, I thought freedom meant that I could buy whatever I wanted, I could do whatever I wanted when I wanted, and that I could pretty much eat anything in sight. Like this is what I thought freedom was. And if I ever indulged in any of these things, you know, imagine eating everything you want, like the whole thing of ice cream, (laughs) sometimes, sorry, sometimes it felt good. But more often, it really didn't feel good. And I realized that more often than not, my agendas, my desires, the things that I thought would make me free were way more based in other people's agendas than in my own 
like core desires, the things that my heart really wanted. And I realized I really needed to reconsider freedom. And I don't know that I did this so um, methodically, but definitely as I look back, the thing that I was always looking for was this idea of freedom. And really at my breaking point, the one of the reasons my breaking point being 10 years ago when I finally changed my food I think one of the reasons it was my breaking point is because I had like checked off all the things. I had checked off buying the house. I had checked off the three kids I had always wanted. I had checked off owning this amazing design firm that I had built and, you know, had my own business. I I had checked off that I got to marry my high school sweetheart. Like I I felt like I had it all, yet I so did not feel free in that moment. I felt trapped. I felt claustrophobic. Like it was not a freedom moment for me. And so over the past couple of years, you know, since really freeing myself up sort of unintentionally, I've been paying really close attention to all the people in my life um, who have different parts of freedom that they really embody. And I've really been trying to just be a student of freedom. And what I find, especially because the flow planning process and really, and and all the people doing Flow 365 are doing this work and I get to witness it, it all starts with cultivating how you want to feel. And people come up with all sorts of great words of how they want to feel for a season. But what I've noticed is really underlying all of it, no matter what word that we pick, is this notion of freedom in whatever that area is. Does that make sense? So I've just started to pay really close attention to guests I interview here, all the coaches I've hired, colleagues that I really respect. I'm paying attention to my 101-year-old grandma who still in my mind is so independent. I've paid attention to Oprah and Brene Brown and just some of the other superstars in my life who I get to watch and witness their level of freedom. And I just have become super curious about how each person finds their version of freedom. And I've become super aware how different freedom is for each of those different people. So what I thought I would do today is I would pass on some of my biggest lessons about freedom and just please, please, please know that I don't have all the answers. I actually come from many years of bad habits and many years of limiting beliefs. And so these are just all things that I experiment with and practice as much as I can on a daily basis. And sometimes I skip a day, sometimes I skip a week, but these are always things that I have found helpful to circle back to. So let's start with what I feel like people come here for. So for me, freedom is saying no to foods and substances that don't serve me. That's a big one that I feel like I met with a lot of resistance around, and so this may or may not be true for you. All of the things I'm going to share may or may not be true for you. You guys are going to have to find your own definitions of freedom. I'm just going to share mine today. So freedom is saying no to foods and substances that don't serve me. Now, this is something that I had no idea this was true most of my life. And what happens now, since I've 
really started to focus on this area and I've changed my food so drastically and I pay attention to how that is always changing and evolving today, I get asked all the time if I feel left out at parties when the cake comes out and it's full of dairy and gluten and I don't eat it. And for those of you who are new here, just as an aside, I have chosen not to eat gluten or dairy and I don't eat most processed sugar. So obviously that birthday cake full of gluten and dairy is something that is not on my yes list. But the truth is that, I don't know, it may have been hard at first. 10 years ago feels like lifetimes ago. But I really am choosing, like freely choosing the energy, the good health, the waistline that comes with eating what I know serves me. And it's really like that energy and that not getting sick, it drives me and it feels way more freeing to not be sneezing all the time. I literally in my 20s always had Kleenex in my hand and I was always sick. And so not having that piece of cake has changed that for me. And that for me really feels freeing. So, you know, the gluten and the dairy thing, I feel like that is harder for me to understand that transition time because it was 10 years ago that I made that choice. But my latest no, and I say that with air quotes around it because it's always, always an experiment, has been alcohol. And so I think it's been, it's been about 90 days. I could probably check my phone and come up with the exact number, but it's been over 90 days that I decided to not, to try not having alcohol, to see what it was like. And what I, what happened is I realized that even though I wasn't necessarily consuming that much, um, I think I decided to actually give it up after a couple weeks of pretty much nightly wanting to pour that glass of red wine. I realized I would grab a glass of wine at the end of the day and it was really so that I could feel fun in the moment when I was actually feeling absolutely exhausted because I'm a mom and an entrepreneur and I have all these roles that I play in our life and in our house and in my work. And by 7.30, I'm so ready for bed and I'm not always that fun. Yet if I had a glass of wine, I had this illusion that I was fun. I don't know if my kids or my husband would say I was fun, even with the glass of wine. And I realized that I had really strip myself of the freedom to be fun or admit I needed to go to bed, right? So it was this extra substance that was making the choice for me. Like I could decide on any given day at 7.30 that I had a lot of fun left in me or I could decide to go to bed. And so this change to ditch alcohol has not been easy every single day by any, you know, means at all. I've been on trips where there's been wine that I would have had it, you know, a year ago. I definitely would have taken a glass of wine. Um, I've been to events where that anxiety has crept up and it's been like, so it would have been so much easier to have a glass of wine in my hand. I, my brother got married and definitely many people were drinking wine or drink or cocktails um, it was the 4th of July and, you know, people were drinking around that. Um, but it's been a really, really important experiment for me 
because it's really helped me to find my fun again, to really find it myself. And I have to say that just 90 days in, it feels so freeing, so much freedom to know that I can be fun on my own. So I don't know if this is a permanent change like gluten and dairy were. I don't know. But right now, it's a really great experiment and just really great feedback on really listening to my body, which is something that I don't always do when I am drinking wine. Okay. So the second thing I was thinking about freedom is freedom is deciding, making a plan, and sticking to it. Now, so many people come into the plan simple world and literally they would be like, what are you talking about? That's like not freedom at all. That's planning and that's rigid. So not everyone gets this point. And so I just want to explain it in case you're one of those people because it definitely seems counterintuitive. Eating junk food every day is not freedom because though it is fine today, maybe after a little tummy ache, maybe not, it catches up with us later. Does that make sense? So the same is true about exercise, about sleep, about water. If any of these things aren't at their optimal for a day, it's not a huge deal, but you put that on repeat over and over and you have a problem. After too little sleep for a week, imagine what you feel like. After a month, after three months, you literally can't have your best ideas anymore. You're more likely to get the cold that your kids bring home. Your life is not freedom. You, you shift into that survival mode that I was referencing at the beginning. So on the other side, I keep watching, I'm going to call them Flow 365ers. Isn't that a good name? I watch all these women in Flow 365 continually report the freedom that they're experiencing from things like meal planning. And the freedom is that they've saved all this time that they used to be thinking about what was for dinner. They don't worry about that anymore because you just spend 20 minutes one day planning and you save all this time and brain space not worrying about it for the rest of the week or the two weeks or the month or however long you meal plan for. They The worry is averted from worrying about what everyone's going to eat and when. And the kids, their kids are eating more variety. I hear that all the time um, because they've actually made this choice and followed through with it and made this plan. And so they're experiencing freedom in all these aspects of their life from deciding, planning, and following through. So do you see how that can lead to freedom? So planning, definitely, I just want to debunk this a little for anyone who's still thinking, but planning is rigid. Planning doesn't have to mean you're rigid, and it doesn't mean that you never do anything on a whim. It simply means that you get really great at boundaries so that you know when to say yes and no. And what happens is then when you say yes to something out of the ordinary, it feels really good. Have you ever said yes to something like at your kid's school or, I don't know, even in your own household? that you're just kind of saying yes to because you're saying yes to everything, but you haven't made a choice. You don't have a plan around it. You don't have a plan around the rest of the time. So you don't even really see how it fits in to the other stuff. Um, it can feel really bad. And so that's what happens when I don't plan. There are many yeses that I will say, because I say yes 
naturally more than I say no. And so I think that it's really the uncertainty of really knowing whether I have the time and space to do that thing and also the time and space to live this ideal life that I've crafted and dreamed of and want to live. Like I, without planning, I don't understand how those two things fit together. And what I start to feel like is all the things that I say yes to are creeping in and fighting this life that I'm trying to get, right? So if I slip into not planning or not following through with my plans, that's when I really turn into martyr mom. And martyr mom is not pretty. I fight more with my husband. I yell more at my kids. It's not a good time. I carefully planned this last trip that I told you I just went on with my family down to New Orleans. And when I did that, I really included, like, I wasn't like, this is what I'm doing at every moment. I simply planned and included time to spend with my grandmother. I decided that I was going to spend time with family and friends and which family and friends we wanted to see. Um, We wrote out what our favorite eating spots were, and it's New Orleans, so there's some favorite eating spots to be had for sure. And so what happened when we were down there actually is that my grandmother landed in the hospital. But because I had decided in advance like what work I was going to do on vacation, what food. I had made a somewhat of a loose plan and I had communicated it, which I think is a really important part of the planning process with my husband. I was still able to show up from the hospital for my weekly call to the Flow 365 ladies. And that really is freedom to me. And it wasn't that every minute was planned. It was that there was enough structure enough plan that I really did feel like I could have it all, not at the same time, but definitely within a day. So as I've alluded to, my grandmother is 101. And at 101, she definitely does not have dementia, but her mind is definitely getting a little bit more childlike. She's a little bit losing track of time um, over the course of her 101 years. And it's really interesting because, so in her world where she's living, independent living means that she can still administer her own vitamins and medication. Like that's what freedom to her means right now, because as long as she can do that, she can live in this apartment that she lives in that still has some, a lot of her, it's all her stuff. It's her bed, her chairs that she's had for 40 years. It's, it's her decorations. And as long as she can still do that, she can stay in that apartment. So how does she spend a lot of her waking hours when she's was not in the hospital? She's looking at her calendar, y'all, and I'm not making this up. It was so cool to see. She's getting organized about her sets of colored pills and she's creating these systems so that she can remember because again, she doesn't have dementia, but she's 101, you know, she's, she's doing the best she can. And her calendar is literally her freedom. So seeing that was so cool. And she has like written in her calendar, um, certain things in her medicine that she has to remember. And when we were there, she ended up in the hospital because of an infected leg. And so she had to take antibiotics. And those were something different that she had to remember for a a six-day period. So that went in her calendar. So literally her calendar 
is her freedom. She also writes down everyone's birthdays because it's really important to her that she writes a letter to her family members on their birthdays. And she has, we have a lot of family members. So she also keeps that in her calendar because that's also an important freedom meter to her. So I just loved seeing that, that, that it's not only me for whom planning is freedom. And you know, these women who are in the current cohort of Flow 365, it really works. Okay. The third idea that I was thinking about freedom is that freedom has this component of being of service. Now, this is one that took me a long time to understand. It took me a while. And this is one that I definitely heard about from inspirational coaches, from public figures, from self-help books. I heard about it a lot. But I always, in my history, helped and then felt really bad right? So to me, being of service was helping others and I would help others and it would just, it would feel, I would leave feeling bad. And what I've learned just in trying different things and setting different boundaries is that real service is intentional. And when it's intentional, it feels really good. And what I find is I'm leaving the world's a better place than I found it when I'm truly being of service. So it's less about me and more about the world. And what I've also come to understand, and this goes back to that idea I was talking about a minute ago of martyr mom, is that I'm not leaving the world a better place when I always say yes to things like driving all the kids around town, you know, my kids and others, because I'm the person who always gets asked you know, maybe to do that if it's the thing I always say yes to because I don't have a boundary around it. And then on the other side of that, all the driving, um, which I love to do sometimes, but sometimes in my grander scheme plan, I should be working or I should be moving my body or I should just be focused on my own kids or maybe I need help getting my kids home, right? So it all depends. I definitely can put time in there. But when I'm not in alignment and I say yes to things like that, then on the other side, I act grumpy. I act grumpy to my family for the rest of the night. I'm yelly with my husband. I'm yelly with my kids. And that is not being of service. Being of service is not always saying yes at work and then staying up all night to finish the things you committed to in detriment to your body. Does that make sense? So you could say yes in your family life. You can say yes in your work life. And they're, they're going to affect all different parts of you. They might affect your, your headspace. It might affect your body. But saying yes to things, is, being of service is not about saying yes to things. Being of service is being able to fully give of yourself because you've already filled your glass. That's where self-care comes in. You've already filled yourself up in a way that you truly can be of service. So this brings me back to my grandmother again, who I'm going to keep alluding to throughout this podcast because she's really on my mind around this topic. Um, she always felt a really strong alignment to her church, to healthcare, and to art. So her sons, my dad being one of them, might report that she didn't do too much around the house, that she wasn't always there as a mom. But at 101, she can very, in very much detail talk about how she helped build a health, health center 
in a very underserved area of New Orleans. She can explain the whole process, who she met when, what the first step was, how it started off in someone's house, you know, who they first helped, patients she met. She can recall all of that. She can recall all of the stuff she helped with during the war, um, which was also happened to be around healthcare with wounded soldier. And she can recollect a few stories about her childhood in and parenthood, but mostly she recalls the things that her, are her real, like are her legacy are her bigger thing. And to me, that's just so interesting because it's really those acts of service that she can recall at this point. Um, you know, at 101, which is so cool. And that just really helps me to reflect because sometimes, you know, the day-to-day of parenting and entrepreneurship and all these things can feel not so great. But when you can really be of service and fill yourself up enough to be of service, um, hopefully we'll all remember that when we're 101, right? Okay. So the next thing I wanted to share about freedom that I've observed over the past couple of years, I think this is one I've actually observed for longer before I was actually purposefully observing these things, is that freedom is not having all the stuff. I have been totally fascinated by the minimalism movement and by the essentialism movement. I've read books on both. I have noticed that loved ones around me have passed away with addicts full of stuff that I don't think they've noticed in many, many years. And I've experienced myself and I keep things pretty simple. Like I feel like people would think of me as a minimalist when they walk into my house, but I have experienced a basement that can just fill up and fill up and fill up with the just the stuff that the kids are bringing home, the things that we've bought because they loved or that they've outgrown and just sort of get thrown down there. Um, I think my mother-in-law has referred to it as our little bodega before. It's being cleaned out this summer for sure, but it's, it's high on the list. But it's just interesting how the stuff can really add up quickly. I've also experienced my year on the road with three kids during the book tour. And I experienced really the freedom of having less. And on that tour, you know, we were in a minivan. So we had the trunk and a little thing on the top of the car. And we had so much less clothes. We had, we even had less variety in food, like meal planning was easier. We just had less stuff. And as a result, I wasn't burdened by this idea of chores, like wash didn't feel like a chore. It was easy. I had to do it more frequently, but it was just easy. And we wore the clothes. Like nobody was, everybody just had stuff that fit. Everybody had books that they were going to read. There was literally nothing extra. Dinner took a lot less thought. And what was super interesting is with so much less stuff, we, and I'm going to say the kids especially, because my life was very full that year, the kids were so much less bored, which is so interesting to me because I feel like boredom at home comes up a lot of times. And the result of boredom is, can I have this thing? Can I go get this thing? Can I do this thing? And with less stuff and a much simpler schedule, they were less bored. 
So this is actually the second secret, I believe, to my grandmother's longevity. And that is that she decided to give away all her stuff to her kids and grandkids who would totally love it in her lifetime. And she did this. I was trying to figure out the timing of this earlier, but I, I, I was in eighth grade. So she must have been in her, I was in eighth or ninth grade. She must have been in her seventies. Like she wasn't old. She wasn't ready for a retirement home. And she literally had her sons go through with stickers and one at a time, get the stuff. And she kept a few things, but she really downsized dramatically. And she kept what she loved, the things from her home that she loved and that fit into her new apartment that made sense there. There was no storage. And then she added a few new things into the mix, which was cool too. And over the years, it's really interesting to me because when she's had a health bleep, which she's had a few little things that have happened, what happens in the system that she went into is those health bleeps sometimes are like you move to the next level in the building because it's some, you know, it's moving you to, from independent living to at some point possibly, um, care in the building. And so she's downsized twice, I believe, while she's been, while she, after she downsized the first time. So into littler apartments in the same building. And every time she downsizes, it's like she, you know, re-pops up and is okay and keeps chugging along. And so for the past 20 years, or maybe even over 20 years since her, she got rid of her home, um, I have been able to send her photos of all the amazing festive meals that we've had around the table that used to be her dining room table. And she has the joy of the stuff without having the stuff itself. And I have something I use regularly. And I just feel like that's such a win-win. And I see how that the stuff doesn't weigh on her. And it's so cool. So I believe that that is definitely a secret to freedom is less stuff. And it's one that I am currently working on. Um, you can go back in iTunes actually and go see in January, I believe we aired three different episodes on decluttering. So if that no stuff um, is something you're into or no stuff or less stuff, um, there's a lot of strategies there and even a workbook that you can use to really help you do that. It's on my project for this summer. So I will keep you posted on how that's going. All right. The next idea about freedom is that freedom is finding your people. I personally remember getting to design school at age 20. And by the time I found design school, I had dropped out of Georgetown, which was a really big reach for me to get into to begin with. I dropped out of Georgetown after admitting to depression. And when I arrived at RISD art school, after years, my whole life of very traditional schooling, I really very quickly realized that I had found my people. And it's not that I didn't have friends before. I mean, some of my best friends are from that very traditional schooling, but I had never had my people um, in like the holistic view. Like I didn't ever like school. So this was actually school with my people. And the three years that I spent at art school 
were pretty much the three most rigorous years of my education. Art school is not easy. It's actually really hard and really has you working hard and standing tall and speaking and showing up and doing all these things that I had never done before. But I got through it with this tribe of like-minded people. And that was really important. And the first time that I experienced that. So my grandmother, interestingly, did the same thing when she downsized. So she got rid of stuff, which I think was important, but she also moved into a building at the same time with her oldest friends and two sisters. So I think there was like over 10 of them for sure, um, maybe even more, that moved into this building at the same time that was opening. And she had a community and they shared meals. They formed an art club. They would meet at each other's apartments. I'm sure some of them played bridge. <laughs> and this is also one of the things that keeps coming up again and again in Flow 365 is how important the people are, how important the support of a group of people is. And how important it is to have accountability and people who get it as you're working through big change. And what a lot of people find is that we are married to the best people or partnered with the best people in the whole entire world. And we each have the best kids in the whole entire world. But sometimes when we're ready for big change, those aren't the right people to be our cheerleaders, to be our accountability, to be the people who really help us be our best selves because change is hard in that moment. And um, they're not necessarily our people for that moment, even though there are people for life. And when you find your people, in quotation marks, um, you stop trying to do things that you think you should do because the people around you are doing it. And instead, you really can start to focus on what feels right to you. And that is so freeing. And that is, I think, one of the most important aspects of really finding your people for me has been is the ability of just understanding that there are these people around me but that they're not dictating what I'm doing. That's all inside of me. And I guess that my biggest and last lesson around freedom has been in recent years, this realization that freedom calls for structure. So I know I talked about the planning part of it, but as I fold different aspects of my life into my freedom plan, I just sort of start to see this over and over and over again. After, I guess it's been 10, maybe it's almost been 11 years since I changed my food. I feel like I really understand and feel free around food, which y'all, we're not going to go into it here, but there was a lot of yo-yo dieting and a lot of eating disorder and a lot of all that. So the idea that I feel free around food is pretty cool. But I'm still learning this lesson in so many other aspects of my life. I mean, I told you that right now I'm experimenting with this whole alcohol idea. And I've really been working hard on applying this idea of freedom and that freedom requires structure to my business and to money. And I think I share some of that in my episode with Sandra from Smart Cookies. So I will link to that in the show notes. You should go back and listen to it. And 
I've just realized that there's so much, it's just not always easy. There's so much personal responsibility in showing up to the freedom that really is freeing your future self. It's not so much about today. So I don't know. That's what I got to say about freedom. What do you think about freedom? Are you looking for more freedom in your life? I find that what I'm finding is that freedom takes a vision. Freedom takes personal responsibility. Freedom is so not a quick fix. (laughs) Freedom can feel like a hard journey. When we create structure, we experience little bits of freedom. And as we experience these little bits of freedom, we really can understand the magic. And you are free to thrive. Imagine that. It doesn't always have to be a struggle. Remember, your freedom plan comes from within you. It is your recipe. It's in your soul. The media does not know what your freedom looks like. Your parents don't know what it freedom looks like to you. Your community doesn't know what freedom looks like to you. Your own limiting beliefs are always challenging you on your freedom. And I don't know what causes you to feel free. So it's really for you to find. Okay? So I never end an episode without a little bit of action. And I really do believe that there is magic in writing things down. It is why... I write three pages every morning in my journal and why I created the flow planner. Both of those things actually help me feel freedom. (laughs) So in order to take action, let's journal. Let's let's all journal. So I'm going to give you three different prompts. These are also in the show notes if you're more of a visual person and want to just go get them from there. But here are my three prompts that I would love you to consider so that you can really start this journey to your freedom to thrive. Okay. Number one, I want you to write down three people who embody freedom for you. And I want you to think about what qualities of their life give you that feeling. So I shared a lot about my grandmother in this episode because I just saw her and I miss her and I love her. And she really has embodied freedom for me. I take a lot of freedom from sort of celebrities that I look up to, people like Oprah and Brene Brown. There's people just in my everyday life. One of my daughter's best friend's moms, she to me really embodies freedom and joy. And I just pay attention and I write about these people sometimes and I learn from them. And part of this episode is me just doing that for you. So I want you to really think for you, who are three people who embody freedom? And what qualities of their life give you that feeling and learn from it and see where that leads you. Okay, the second writing prompt is what is one area of your life that feels hard right now? Does it feel hard? This is what I want you to consider as you write about it. Does it feel hard because it's taking away from your freedom or because it's giving you freedom? Now, I have been writing in my morning three pages for a couple of years now, maybe for a lifetime if I had started journaling earlier, 
um, I've been writing a lot about money and money practices. And I shared at the beginning that what I thought freedom was a long time ago was really the ability to have everything. And then clearly I've evolved a bit because now I, it's so clear to me that not having stuff is really helpful in feeling free. But habits die hard, y'all. Like habits aren't that easy to change. So I find myself writing about this one a lot. Like I would rather save money for my dreams, save money for the videographer to make you a video, save money for a trip with my family than have a t-shirt sometimes. And freedom is the ability to make that choice but that doesn't always feel easy in the moment. So this was one of my big ahas on paper a couple of years ago and something that keeps coming up. So you can answer these questions over and over and over again, because they'll evolve and change and you'll learn more from your answers. But that's an example of an area from my life that felt really hard, but I, it didn't feel hard because it was actually taking away from my freedom. Me saying no to a t-shirt at a moment when, you know, we were trying to have a family budget that felt like it was taking away from my freedom at first. But then I realized that actually that was leading to our freedom. And so that's really been helpful. So there's, this is going to look different for everybody. At some point, mine was about food. Um, at another time, mine was about motherhood. It was really hard for me. Um, and at certain moments when I've decided to stay home with the kids, like that didn't always feel like freedom. And so I write about that. So what is one area of your life that feels hard for you right now? And does it feel hard because it's taking away your freedom or giving you freedom? That's writing prompt number two. Writing prompt number three is where in your life do you feel freedom? I want you to describe everything about your experience of that freedom. Can you see how these areas of your life might inform other areas of your life. Does that make sense? So there's definitely some part of your life where you're feeling freedom. It may not feel like it on a daily basis, um, but there's definitely an aspect of your life that feels free. It might be that you feel free in, in the commute because you're alone. Um, it might be that Mondays feel really freeing to you because you have childcare after a really busy weekend. Uh, it might be that you feel freedom in the kitchen, but, and it might be that you feel trapped in the kitchen and you feel freedom alone in the car or freedom when you're at work. So what can you learn about the freedom you feel at work that would help you feel more free in your kitchen? Does that make sense? So those are my three questions for you. Take action consider them, spend some time this weekend just in reflection mode, because I find that that's the easiest way to really shift us and really help us make the boundary so that we can start to experience these bits of freedom and really start to feel like we're thriving. All right, you guys, I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. 
I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.